I got to figure that out. Swagmaster 9000. One of you's got to own up to it. Somebody wrote it on the wall. Swagmaster 9000. That was pretty, pretty, uh, pretty bold statement to claim that you're the 9000th Swagmaster. Anyways, man, we're here, man. We're, 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 we're alive and well. It's actually kind of chilly, so I get to, I get to wear my favorite outfit, a hoodie. Anybody else like hoodies? Man, if I could live in a hoodie, I would do it. It's the most practical, it's like you're wearing a blanket, man, and if it's raining, you, you've got a hood, and if it's cold, your ears are cold, man, it's just, I love, I love hoodies, but that's not what we're talking about today, so I'll shut up about my favorite article of clothing. Today what we're talking about is a summary of Christianity in Jesus' words. That's where we're headed. So let's just review where we've been. So as as we discussed last night, um, before we're ever going to be Christians that endure at all times in all things, a couple nights ago we looked at how you got to know Christ. It's the first step. you got to get saved. Then we must grow in Christ. Right? You got you got to grow in Christ. You got to know where your strength comes from. And finally, allow our faith to be demonstrated through obedience to the great commission, right? We got to be disciples that make disciples. We don't want to be constant babies. Right? Anybody is that constant babies, right? It's actually I I said a term yesterday called we don't want to be constipated Christians. But it was interpreted as constant babies. You don't want to be a constant baby either. Look, I've got, I've got, uh, I have my fair share of, uh, experience with babies. And you don't want to be a baby your whole life. You don't want to be a baby Christian. You want to grow. And so this morning, what we're gonna do is we're gonna boil Christianity down to its most simple form. Man, I hate it when people are, are so smart. And they want you to know how smart they are, and they make things so complex, and you're like, I don't even understand what you're talking about, man. And I think a lot of times, you know, when it comes to this book, it's a, it's a complex book, man. It's a rich book. And it's full of, man, it's, it's like so deep that you can never, you can never know the whole thing. But I want, I want you to understand how simple it really is. I want you to understand how simple Christianity is. And so we're going to boil it down to the simple form. And so what we're going to look at is a summary of Christianity through the words of Christ. So let's pray. Lord, we come before you this morning. I pray that you would just reveal to us the simplicity that's found uh, in Christ and the simplicity of what you've called us to. Lord, it's not complicated. In theory, it's so simple that anyone can do it. But the reality is it's actually pretty challenging to implement. So, Lord, I pray that you'd give us uh, wisdom to understand it, God, and that you'd give us a mind to do it. We love you, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. All right, so what are we talking about today? That's not, that's not the right thing. The TLDR for today is the enduring Christian loves God and people by laying down their life daily. The enduring Christian loves God 
and people by laying down their life daily. All right, so let's start by defining our terms. I do that a lot, and I'm going to do it again. What what does Christian mean? If you call yourself a Christian, you ought to know what the word Christian even means. So that's a logical starting point. What does it even mean? What is Christian? And if you break down the word, um, you get Christ with the suffix of I-A-N. Christ, I-A-N. So think about like a, a historian or a musician, right? What is a historian? Somebody who studies history. Somebody who identifies with history. What is a musician? Somebody who, who plays music and they identify as someone who, you know, they identify as someone who plays music, someone who appreciates it, and, and so that's a musician. And so someone identifying with the root word is what I'm getting. The, the suffix of I-A-N is someone identifies with the root word. And in Christian, the root word is Christ. So in our case, we're identifying with Christ. Therefore, a Christian is somebody who has identifying with the, the person and work of Jesus Christ. And, and I want to look at the first time the word shows up in the Bible. And that's in Acts 11, 26. So Acts 11, 26, it says, And when he had found him, he brought him into, uh, unto Antioch. And it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people. And the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. So here in Antioch, the followers of Jesus were labeled the derogatory term Christian. They were mockingly called little Christs. Man, these people, they won't stop living out, they won't stop living like Jesus did, man. The disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. So notice the synonym here. Uh, let's let the, the Bible define itself. The disciples. Who who is called a Christian? What does it say? The disciples. What's a disciple? A disciple is a Christian, and a Christian is a disciple. Don't be confused. The term Christian is reserved for those that follow Jesus with their life. So you ought not call yourself a Christian if you're not a disciple of Jesus Christ. Man, you believe in the gospel, and that's great. A lot of believers are going to find themselves in heaven with the Lord. But man, Christian is, is, is a term for disciples. Because we're identifying with Christ and we're living as Christ to the world. And if you're not striving to be like Christ, then you ought not call yourself a Christian. Man, words mean things. And a lot of times, we, what, what has happened in our society is we've watered down the word Christian to mean somebody that goes to church. But the Bible says... The disciples were called Christians, man. And so with the biblical definition out of the way, let's look at what Christian what, what Christian's all about. Let's look at what Christianity is. Let's, look, let's explain it. Christianity explained. Because if you want to know if you want to find Christianity in its pure, purest form, you've got to go straight to the source. We want primary sources only. What did Jesus find to be the most important thing? That's what we that's what we got to know. Luckily for us, someone asked Jesus that very question. They asked Jesus, "What's the most important thing?" So let's pay attention because Jesus is going to give us a summary of what he's calling Christians to do. So turn if you have your Bible, turn to Matthew 22. 
Did you guys read this this morning? Matthew 22, 34 through 40. Did you guys read it? Yeah? Good. Okay, so you, you should be familiar with it. At least a little bit. If you have a red letter Bible like myself, it's in red letters, so we know Jesus is talking, man. Jesus is talking here. And here's what he has to say in verse 34. Well, he's not talking yet, but he's about to. Verse 34, But when the Pharisees had heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence, they were gathered together. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him and saying, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? So this guy's like, man, what's the greatest commandment? What, what is the greatest commandment in the book? And this is what Jesus, Jesus has to say to him in verse 37. He says, Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. In other words, everything that it, every everything in the Old Testament, all of the law and everything the prophets were saying, it can be covered by these two commandments: to love God with everything you've got, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Because if you love God with everything you've got, and you love your neighbor as yourself, you're not going to steal from from your neighbor, right? You're not you're not gonna you're not going to bow down to other gods. You're not going to you're not going to to kill somebody because you love people, man. You understand that? It's a summary of everything that God wanted from his people from the very beginning. Love the Lord with everything you've got and love your neighbor as yourself. They go hand in hand. And and I personally believe this is the most concise and full explanation of what Christianity is. According to Jesus Christianity is loving God and loving people. Nothing more, nothing less. So, phase one, we got to love God. The first commandment is the most obvious of all. Right? It's laid out in, in the Ten Commandments. It's the first of the Ten Commandments in Exodus 23. 20, verse 3, it says, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. God is our one and only, man. And this exact same phrase shows up in Deuteronomy 6, 4, and 5. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. So from the very beginning, God has... Uh, from the very beginning, uh, it has been God's plan and plea with humanity that they would love Him. Man, just love God. He demonstrates that love for us on the cross. And He's calling us to respond by loving Him in return. And, and here's the thing. I think we can understand that commandment intellectually. Like we can, we can grasp to love God. It's not hard to imagine this being the, uh, fundamental to the life uh, of a Christian. But if you're, if you're going to have a deep relationship with the Lord... Like, of course, you've got to love Him. But practically, 
it's not just like I can say that I love God and mean it, right? It's not possible for me just to say I love God and it to be real. You understand? Like, just because I say something, that doesn't mean that it's true. And so if you love, if you truly love someone or something, there will be evidence of it in your life, right? How many, how many of you guys, you know, like, whenever I think about loving something, I think about like a crazy cat lady. You guys know the crazy cat lady? Man, she just loves her cats. So that's what I think about. Like this, this lady truly demonstrates her love for 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 these cats. Man, she she loves her cats, and it shows, man. So let me let me show you what I'm talking about here. I'm gonna say that I'm at the top of the list of the eccentric crazy cat ladies. I like cats because they're independent, they're beautiful, they are just graceful, and I enjoy watching them. I have taken in and lived with 28,000 cats. That's probably a record. The Cat House on the Kings is California's largest no-cage sanctuary for feral and abandoned cats. Founded by the mayor of Tonsier in her home, the sanctuary currently houses around 800 adult cats and 300 kittens. And the sheer numbers have forced the mayor to move out of the main house. There wasn't room for me anymore. I ended up with 60-some cats in my bedroom with dogs, and I just said that's it, and I moved out. We had a rental on the property, and I moved to that rental. I went from a 4,200-square-foot, five-bedroom home with a pool and a wet bar, and the view of the river to a 1,600, 1,800-square-foot mobile home with a view of a rusty metal shed. When I first started this um, endeavor, I was out of my own pocket for seven years. I spent my retirement, I sold my car, I sold my wedding ring. Okay, look. Do you think she really like does, does she love cats? She doesn't love. How do we know she loves cats, right? Because it shows, man. Her life is her life is built around cats. That's crazy. That's cra- that's the crazy cat lady, man. I want I want us to be the crazy god folks, man. I mean, I'm I'm crazy so without God, but like man, here's the thing, man. That 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 to me is just so profound. Just her love for cats compelled her to give her life for cats, man. Cats. Okay. Like 
I'm not saying that God is a cat. But you best believe you don't truly love God if you don't love Him like Cat Lady loves her cats, man. Like you've got, we, we, that is genuine love in action. Look, like she, she caught the vision and she passed it on. Did you notice the generations of disciples that were made of cat people? Listen, she started by, by, it, it, she caught vision for these cats. She, she, she loves cats and she wanted to provide an outlet for them. And, and she counted the cost and saw that it was worth it and she gave up everything. And then she, she began to, to make disciples to come in and help her, man. It's, it, and then this guy goes from, I didn't even like cats. And he's like, yeah, they're kind of cool, man. You know, like, like they're kind of cool. And now he's a cat, he's a cat dude. Because she's making disciples, man. And, and that, that's the kind of love that God, that, that like we should have for, for the Lord, man. Because cats, they don't give us anything. I mean, I don't know, maybe you're a cat person. Cats might give you something. Like, what it, cats give you something? Okay. Only thing cats give me is fleas, man. Cats give you joy. That's great. But man, that joy is fleeting. A cat can't give you life. Jesus Christ can give you life. We need to fall in love with God in the same way that Cat Lady fell in love with her cats, man. In all seriousness, loving God requires you to develop a deep relationship with Him. We've already talked about that. This is not news to you. But for us to genuinely love God, it requires a deep relationship. It takes commitment. Last night we discussed the importance of spending time in fellowship with God. And this is done through daily spending time with the Lord in the Word of God and in prayer. We talked about that. Because again, we speak to God through prayer and He speaks to us through the Word. Right? We talked about how, how the Word of God is quick and it's powerful and it's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So as we get into the book, the book gets into us, man, and we begin to develop a love for God. Because we're spending time with Him. We're learning about Him. We're, 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 we're uncovering the goodness of God, man. Because the more you learn about God, the more time you spend with God, you can't help but, but fall in love with Him. You can't help but love Him more. And so after we've developed a genuine love for God through daily communion with Him, man, what's crazy is we, we, we begin to love the things that He loves. He begins to rub off on us a little bit, right? We talked about how we take on the nature of our Father. As we spend time with Him, as the Word of God gets into us, as we, we begin to love the things that He loves, man, we begin to, to hate the things that He hates. And, and we know that the, 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 the thing that He loves the most is people. And so that's, that leads us to our next point. We've got to love people. That's, that's Christian, Christianity 101 is love God with everything you've got. And then we gotta love people because the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. In my own life, this is becoming more true by the year. After spending two decades at home, 
I can confirm that in fact, uh, man, like as as I I talked about this last night, as as I spent time with my dad over the last two decades, I, I've I've become just like my old man. And what I'm seeing as my kids grow up is, they're man, they've got the same character quirks as dad. They they have the same. They tell this like my son, he he's just like me. And it's like, man, I'm looking in the mirror, and, and for what's crazy about it is he even picks up on he picks up mostly the bad thing, the bad qualities that I that I have. I just look at myself in the mirror when I see him, and it's like, man. But the, the, the truth remains that we pick up on the nature of those that we're spending the most time with. And if we're spending our time with the Lord, man, He doesn't have any bad qualities to pick up. He only has good qualities to pick up. And so our, our goal is to be just a chip off the old block. Right, so let's look at First John 4.10. It says, Herein is love. Not that we loved God but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. And so here's the thing. It's impossible for us to genuinely love people apart from the love of God. That's a thing, a thing that we, we have to understand because just like it, we can't just say that we love God and mean it. We have to develop this relationship. Like you can't just say that you love people. Like it, 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 you have to grow in this love for people. It's got to be an authentic love. So let's look at the type of love that we're being called to. God's calling us to a very specific type of love, not just in word. How do I not have that on the screen? If you've got your Bible, turn to Matthew five. Somehow I got lazy and didn't add it to the PowerPoint. So you're going to have to do some work today. Sorry. No more spoon feeding. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta get into the book for yourself. Matthew chapter five. Look in verse forty-three. You guys don't have your phones today to look it up, so you're gonna actually have to. Some of you might have to go to the the table of contents and and figure it out. What page are we on? What's it say aloud? Turn to page seven forty-six. Some of you that will work, most of you it won't. We're on uh, page 12, 1287 in my, in my Bible. Okay, alright. I, I think most of us have found it. Matthew 5, 43. This is the type of love that we're being called to. It's not just a, hey, love you, bro. It's not the type of love I'm talking about. Right? Verse 43 says, And ye have heard... Okay, Anybody got a red letter? Is this in red letter? Okay, so we should pay attention. Jesus is speaking here. Ye have heard that it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, listen, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute you. Listen, this isn't, I love you, bro. Let's read that again, verse 44. But I say unto you, love your enemies. The people that you, that you hate, love them. Because you know what God wants to do? He wants, to give, he wants you to begin to love the people that you can't stand. 
Love your enemies. Bless them that curse you and do good to them that hate you. And pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Man, this is a hard saying. Verse 45. That ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh the sun to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. Man, we want to be just like our dad, man. He's good to those that aren't good to him. He loves he loved everybody. So we ought to love everybody. For if you love them which love you, what reward have you? Do not even the publicans the same? I mean, look, if you love the people that love you, that's simple. Everyone does that. And if you salute the bre- you, uh, your brethren only, what do ye more than others? Do not even the publicans the same? That's the kind of love God is calling us to. It's an authentic love. Not only is He calling us to this real love, He's, he's calling us to a supernatural, a supernatural love. This, this type of love cannot be faked. You can't dupe someone into believing that you love them. I hope you understand that. People can see right through, right through your, you know, the, the facade. You can fake it, but no one, no, one, no one is buying it. If you don't truly have an authentic and supernatural love, you're not displaying the love of Christ to the world. And that's what it takes to reach people. Because this is not a natural love. This is a love that only flows out of our deep relationship with God. God has to give you this love. It's not a love that you can produce on your own. Man, it's simple to love those that love you. Anyone can do that. But the kind of love God is calling you to is a love that only comes from Him. It only comes with a daily walk with the Lord. And so as I walk daily with, with Jesus, He changes my heart. He changes my mind, allowing me to have a love for people that supersedes my natural feelings or desires. Look at this in, in John 15. We read about this the other day. I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. The Lord, the Lord uses the word of God to, to, to clean us, to purge us, to prune us, to mold us and shape us into the image of Jesus Christ. And if I want, if I want to walk also so even as he walked, Man, I've got to have I got to have God's word flowing through me, cleansing me. There's a there's a a picture that used to be, the, the, uh, what do you call those? An object lesson, I guess, is what you call it. When I was a kid, where um, we used to have like uh, our church used to do a soccer league, you know, and at the end of each soccer game, there was a devotional, and uh, they filled up this this cup with a bunch of pepper and dirt and things like that. And and then they filled the cup up with water. I wish I could show you, but I, I wasn't prepared, you know. It's just how it is. And, and, and as you fill this cup up with water, what do you think happens to all the, the grime and the grit at the bottom of the cup? What's that? Who said that? What happens to it? 
Yeah, it, well, it starts to like overflow, right? Like the, the water begins to flush it. it. It begins to like, so all, so the picture was like, man, as, as we, as we get into the word, man, it begins, what, do I have the right verses on? I don't. Sorry. As we begin to get in the word, it begins to clean us. We're clean through the word which is spoken unto us. And it begins to change us. And all the grit and the grime is, is cleansed by the word of God. And it gives us the capacity to be filled with the characteristics and qualities of our Father. We begin to love people. Romans 12.2 tells us to be not conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Let's see if I have the, any of the other verses that I want. I don't know. Somehow, some way, I decided you guys were going to work for it today. And so as a matter of fact, the very first mention, thing mentioned as evidence that we have a walk with Christ is found in Galatians chapter 5, and it says to love, right? So turn to Galatians 5. You guys know the fruit of the Spirit. You've, if you've been in church for any period of time, you've talked about the fruit of the Spirit. Can anybody quote it? What's the first thing? The fruit of the Spirit is love. You know the whole thing? Awesome. Awesome. I love it. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. Okay? I'm sure you know the rest. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meek, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. But the very first thing that, that is going to be repre- a representation of the fruit that, that the Holy Spirit of God is inside of us is that we what? We love. Man, do you love well? Do you love as Christ? I don't. I can't, man. You don't ha- we don't possess the capability in and of ourselves, man. We have the capability to love people that love us. That's simple. But God is calling you to a love that supersedes your natural abilities. And so how do we demonstrate this love to people? Are we just kind to people? We just do good things for them? Do we give them handouts? How do we demonstrate this love? Because, you know, love, love is one of those things where, again, we, we got to define our term. What is love, man? What is love? I, I, I bet I would get several different definitions if we walked around the room and we talked about what is love. But the kind of love that I'm talking about is the love of God, right? It tells us in, in John 15:3. I think I have that one on here. Greater love hath no man than this. This is the greatest type of love, man. This is the sacrificial love that a man lay down his life for his friends. That's the greatest love. That's the love of God. God loved us so much that He laid down His life for His friend. And the, and, and the next verse tells us that you're that you're my friend. I'm paraphrasing a bit. If you keep my commandments, man. So that's the the type of love that God is calling us to is to lay down our lives for the lost. And practically, what does that look like, man? Do I just let the, the, the lost walk all over me? 
Is that what that means? No, what it means is that you die to yourself, you pick up your cross, and you preach Jesus to them. Now, obviously, you know, it's not just a matter of... Like, there, there are methods to evangelism, right? I'm not telling you just to go and beat your friend over the head with the Bible and tell him God loves you, and, 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 and if you don't accept him, you're going to hell. That's not what I'm saying. Who, no one's going to respond to that with anything more than anger. And that, that, don't tell me that. What, what we need to do is we need to, we need to pair the message with, uh, with our lives, man. Your life should be preaching the gospel daily. And so as you're living life with your friends, your coworkers, your sphere of influence, man, when you, whenever you're able to enter into that gospel conversation, it makes perfect sense because your life lines up with it. Your life backs up your message. And man, there's a time and a place where God's going to call you to to uh, to evangelize. Man, the first thing you're going to say to someone is, is their need for Jesus, man. And we got to love people in order to do that effectively. If I if I sit down to talk to you about something and you can t- and you can tell I don't give I, I don't care about you, are you going to listen to me? You can tell, man. I'm just kind of like I'm looking at. Okay, l- listen. I can't stand salesmen. If you're a salesman, I'm, it's not that I don't like you. I just don't like your. I don't like the con. I don't like salesmen, man. They come. They come, and the only angle they have is they want to make a dime off of me. I can't stand that. They don't care about me. They're not trying to sell me a product that's gonna that's gonna better my life. They're just trying to better their life. And I think a lot of times we can approach Christianity and we can approach like sharing the gospel in the same way. We want to feel better about ourselves, man. We know what God's called us to do. We know that God's called me to reach the lost. And so I feel good about myself when I do what I'm told to do. But man, people can see right through that. You just want to tell your youth pastor, Hey, uh, I saved somebody this week. Which is a silly statement in and of itself. But like we, we just want to feel good about ourselves. It's a pride issue. But what God is calling us to is to have a genuine love and compassion for people to where we, man, I love them so much that I'm willing to put my reputation on the line. I'm willing to die to myself so that they might know Christ. They may not ever talk to me ever again, but I love them enough to tell them. Remember that, that quote? We've, said, we've shared it a couple of times that Penn, that Penn Gillette said. And if you, if you genuinely love your friend, you're going to tell them. Man, I don't know if this is true or not, but, but I've always had this, this, uh, this hypothetical question has been posed to me before, and maybe it's been posed to you. Again, I, I can't tell you if it's, it's going to happen like this or not. But man, I would hate to be at the, I, I would hate to see my best buds get, getting ready to enter into eternity, getting ready to go, go to the lake of fire, and they look over and they see me Headed, headed to, to paradise, man. I'm like, man, why didn't you tell me? Bro, I thought, I thought you loved me. Why, did, why is the only thing you wanted to talk to me about fantasy football, man? Who cares who won the championship? Why did the only thing you ever wanted to talk to me about was my favorite music? This is convicting to me. People are dying 
and they don't know Jesus, what are we doing about it, man? If not you, who? No one else cares. They're so distracted by things that don't matter. Listen, this is real. It's, 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 it's the most real thing that we have to grasp. If we don't do it, no one will. If you don't do it, no one will. God is calling you to reach your friends. He's calling you to reach your neighbors. You're the only you. Man, so, so in summary, Christianity is pretty simple. Let's not overcomplicate it. We've got to love God with everything we've got, and we've got to love our neighbor as ourself. Supernaturally, man. We've got to love them. We've got to demonstrate that love for them. Because on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets, man. You cannot have one without the other. So, Lord, let's pray. Lord, uh, man, I pray that we would get it. That we would understand. We're not here to play tricks on people and, and, to, and to convince them that they need Christ so that we can feel good about ourselves. Lord, our, our, our goal is to persuade men that this life is temporary. This life, this this place is not our home, God. Man, we you you've designed it so that we would spend eternity with you. And God, if if we don't do something about it, if we don't take some personal responsibility, man, we're going to get just as distracted as the world, and we're going to miss the boat. We're going to lose opportunities to reach the lost. And so, Lord, I pray that you would inspire every single one of us to, to have a passion, a burning passion to love you, God, and that you would give us a love for people because we know that we can't produce that love ourselves. So, Lord, we love you. And, God, we're so thankful that, uh, you, that you've given us your words so that we could, man, that we could be inspired to live out our calling. And it's in your name we pray, Lord Jesus. Amen.